So now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is more Seeds Family Worship. This song is called Your Life is Hidden your out of Colossians. On things that are above. Colossians chapter 3, not on verses 2 and 3. Are on earth. That's right. People said you're mine. Anyway, hello. That are Let's go above. ahead and listen to this for a minute. Not on Get your mind focused where it should go, right? And then I got some cool stuff to share. good baptism song because when you're buried in the water then you you are raised to walk in newness of life yeah you are just like mia was on the weekend it was super cool anyway hey everybody i want to like thank you for joining us for the show i actually want to share something with you i i actually uh heard a story earlier today and then i'm going to read a scripture to you and i'm going to show you something that you might go oh my gosh I never actually saw that before. Okay, ready? Okay. So there was this guy who um, was somehow locked in a freezer. Don't ask me how. I have no clue how he got there. But somehow it was said that this man um, got locked inside of a freezer unit inside of a, a grocery store or something like that. I don't know where it was. I don't even know if this is a real story. But for the point of the story, I will just share this part. Anyway, um, and so the guy knew because he was in a freezer that he pretty much was toast. He was going to die because, so, you know, nobody was around. He got locked in the freezer and all that. So he he actually wrote a note. And on the note, you guys think I'm about ready to tell a joke, don't you? <laughs> I'm not, just so you know. Anyway, on the note, um, although this would be kind of a joke type story, wouldn't it? Uh Anyway, on the note, he, he, um, uh, that was found with him. Oh, good. I'm glad, John. Um, so, in the following morning, somebody went into the, the freezer, and they found the note, and basically it was a final goodbye. 
that this man had left and, and basically um, they found him in the corner of this freezer unit and there he was in a fetal position and pretty much dead well not pretty much dead he was actually dead and anyway to make a long story short uh, the sad part is is that it was actually only 61 degrees in that freezer it wasn't the freezer wasn't even working it was unhooked it was broken but this guy thought in his heart based on the fact that he was in a freezer that he was toast he was gonna die I mean, he was basically gonna freeze to death and and so the person I heard this from quoted Proverbs 23 7 which says as a man thinks in his heart so is he right now put a one just out of curiosity if you actually believe that that as you think in your heart so are you as you you know you, you can go around and you can think happy thoughts you know or depressed thoughts and as you think these thoughts it will make you who you are right because based on this story that's basically what happened is that this guy thought he was going to die and long story short he did even though it wasn't freezing and there i mean 61 degrees is not cold trust me it is about 30 degrees here in middle tennessee which is why i have my my sweatshirt hoodie on because it's not only really super cold out but it's also raining and it's actually it's actually very cold and my hands are chapped they're they're so they're so dry right so as a man thinks in his heart so is he we hear this all the time and you know i mean it is true that you have you know that you can rewire your your brain by how you think i mean god god actually uh you know made that really kind of cool thing happen in our brain so but i want to read proverbs 23 right now because this is an interesting chapter and you may be you may be interested at what i'm going to share okay so it says here in proverbs 23 verse 1 it says and i'm reading the new american standard as bareface knows that's my favorite version so the bible says when you sit down to dine with a ruler consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite do not desire his delicacies for it is deceptive food do not weary yourself weary yourself to gain wealth cease from your consideration of it i think all the prosperity teachers forgot about this verse when you set your eyes on it it's gone when you set your eyes on what wealth that's the context okay for wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies towards the heavens do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. Now, what's interesting to me is that we always look at this verse in verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? But that verse, this part isn't even, it's not talking about you or me in this context it's actually talking about eating with a rich ruler that's actually what it's talking about and the ruler here happens to be uh 
who this is is addressing it and actually because he says to you eat and drink well who said that earlier the ruler come on eat and drink with me but his heart is not with you and then verse 8 says you will vomit up the morsel you have eaten and waste your compliments so this is really really interesting as i think about um people who are trying to get in the company of prestigious people and trust me on this end of the microphone in my mailbox i get email and i watch people on facebook and i watch people who are trying to kiss up to people with influence and get on their coattails and i have people all the time trying to kiss up to me coming on this show and it cracks me up because i don't really have that much to offer but when somebody sees that you have some type of influence be very very careful (laughs) you know and you be very careful with who you try to put your trust in and you know what you desire because it's it's god doesn't desire us at least in my opinion to pursue wealth he blesses some of us with wealth i mean in all this this thing here he blesses all of us with wealth uh in some ways right i mean we i mean we are we're we're some of the richest people in the world actually but the rich those people in power your top business leaders your executives your motivational speakers top best-selling authors uh many of these people are nothing but narcissistic psychopaths okay and i'm i'm gonna be bold in saying it but you can't get to the status of tony robbins or grant cardone if you're not a narcissist that's the fact and these people on the they they go ahead and they look great on the outside and they puff up the messages and you know they sell their 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 stuff that's not what i was gonna say but you know what i'm saying they they sell their stuff (laughs) and behind the scenes they treat people like crap you know and it's funny because people like oprah winfrey there's a whole book written by kitty kitty kelly who who wrote a book about oprah and i've listened to it numerous times and you know bless oprah's heart you know that woman is a classic narcissist. I mean, she she she's she's got a, a thing, you know, uh, going on, and um, there there's only there's a reason why there she she only has Gail as her friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, hi, Stacy. I changed my name from Minnesota Lady. Been here before. Oh, good. Uh, sparkles for Lisa. Okay, cool, Lisa. Thanks for coming in. It's a self-serving message they have. Well, yeah, and so, you know, anyway, so I, I bring this up because in verse 9 of this chapter, it goes on to say, Don't speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. I actually had a dear sister give this scripture to me recently because of a situation. Uh, she was encouraging me, and, and, you know, when you're trying to deal with somebody who is a narcissist or somebody who thinks they're all that in a bag of chips and they're really not, they won't hear you. They won't hear you. They, they, they don't have the capacity to hear you unless there's something in it for them. And that's the irony of it all. Um, a wise person, a wise person, um, you know, will take correction, but a fool won't. And so if you've ever been around somebody who thinks that they know everything or that they're the teacher and never the student, um, then, you'll, then you actually learn that. A narcissist um, displays a couple of different things clinically. 
Um, there's about five criteria that a narcissist holds. Um, I'm going to see if I can remember them all. But like, for example, um, one would be that they have a grandiose sense of self. So they actually have these great, um, well, they're grandiose in their thinking. They, they think that they can do things other people can't do. Um, and other people think that they're insane, usually, uh, speaking, um, they have rocky relationships. I will put it that way. Um, they don't have, they have very unstable emotions. Um, and they are typically people who, you know, it's your way or the highway. They're often one-sided relationships. Um, what else? Oh, they, they play the blame game super great. So they will blame you, uh, and not take any personal responsibility. And there's different types of narcissists. They're right. There's covert, um, there's, um, intellectual and there are, uh, just your good old fashioned narcissist who decides that they, uh, they think that the world revolves around them and they don't, they don't have, they lack empathy, right? That's a big, a big one. And a lot of the times the covert narcissist will actually pretend to be empathetic, but next thing, you know, you know, um, they're just stabbing you in the back or they're trying to blame you. Are people born narcissists or is it learned? Actually, developmentally, um, that's a good question, Melanie. Excessive admiration of themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's basically where it came from is the narcissist, the the guy who basically died by staring at, him, at himself. But typically the research, at least what I showed, doc, Dr. John probably knows better than me, but I was recently reading for... Um, uh, fun. <laughs> One of my psychopathology books from grad school. Um, and in that book, it actually said that narcissism is typically something that's very, um, eye-opening for typically a four-year-old. You know, when, when you look at children, they're by and large narcissistic and four-year-olds are, you know, that's, I mean, really up to them, but you can definitely see it in a four-year-old. And so some of the research I read suggests that, um, that, uh, that the developmental delay can often begin, uh, around that age based on how the parent interacts with that child. So let's say you were born and you're actually a beautiful child. Let's say there's, there's a, a girl who's very beautiful and all the, all the parents did was say, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful, um, and all that. And, um, but the parents don't actually meet any of their emotional needs. So what happens in that kid's mind is they actually get, they, they begin to find their affirmation and their self-worth, which is actually very, very low, by the way. They pretend it's big, but it's not actually. Um... And so as a result, that personality type actually begins to develop because they're not actually affirmed in who they actually are. So do you want to say something, Randall? Well, it takes us back to, I can't hear myself very well, but Hmm. it takes us back to uh, Proverbs uh, 23, you know, the Mm -hmm. whole pursuit of wealth and all that. And I think the people that do that, well, that's how we got into this. Right. Those those well-seeking people, um, you know, they're seeking affirmation through the things they possess, the influence they have. 
you know, the day, the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, one of his famous speeches, he said that he envisioned the day when men would be judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. Uh, there's another dynamic going on. Instead of being judged by the content of the character, people feel like they're going to be um, not necessarily judged, but evaluated by the things they possess or the influence they have, which is really um, disconnected from character. I mean, I mean, you can be a really nice person that has your own private jet and, you know, big homes and whatever. Or you can be a class A jerk with, mm-hmm. you know, a private jet and the mansion and all that. Um, I think most of the time it tends toward the class A jerks end of the spectrum. Right. Because in order to, I think, get there... Most of the time, it's people that are looking for that. They're pursuing that as as a sense of self-worth. They're, they're looking for that to establish their their value uh, to others rather than, mm-hmm. you know, concerned about their actual character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John, John, you're right. He says uh, most of the personality disorders begin in childhood from abuse and unmet needs. Yeah, one of the things I was just saying was that the... Um, the psychopathology book I was reading earlier, just for fun. <laughs> I still like to read that stuff. Uh, basically talked about how the, uh, the, the narcissist personality often develops around the age of four, uh, based, d- depending on, um, you know, depending on the parent and what, you know, and, and that. So they feel grandiose. They have a, a self-important, they exaggerate their comp- com- accomplishments, their talents, their skills, uh, and, and they lie about it. And that's the thing. But in their mind, they're not lying. That's, that's the, that's the thing. And they're obsessed with unlimited success. You know, they want to be famous. Oftentimes, um, they think that they're more brilliant. Uh, there's cerebral narcissists, which, you know, they're your intellectual geniuses, uh, often. Um, or there's the somatic narcissist, which is the person who is physically beautiful. And that's all they think about is their beauty and all that. So, um, as the namesake. Yeah. And John says significant personality disorders require divine intervention for resolution. That's actually very true. But here's the other thing. These, narcissistic people getting back to the king here you know they're convinced that they're unique and special now i don't know about you but i actually have known people who've actually told me they have literally told me i'm more i'm special and nobody really gets me except certain people and i'm like really because i think i get you pretty well and what they do is they they would rather they care more about who they associate with as opposed to the quality of the character of the people that they hang out with. They associate with people that they can step on and get to the top, to put it bluntly. I mean, I hate to be so blunt, but, you know, um, that's that. And they require excessive admiration and adulation. And um, and if you, if you stop giving them their supply, see, there's this thing called narcissistic supply. When you cut the supply off, when you cut the praise off, Either they will flip out on you and you'll be the victim of narcissistic rage, which is their abuse, or they will go and find another supply. So what you'll see in these people is that they have very unstable relationships and they'll claim that they can't find a real friend because the real friends, 
they've abused, right? And they finally got sick of it. And you'll see this in marriages too as well, you know, that one partner will be a narcissist and the other one will be an extreme codependent if they make it work. The codependent will basically say, you know what? Okay, whatever. It's your way. I get it. I'm just going to learn to keep my mouth shut and I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to go la 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 in my mind and just suck it up or not, you know, have to deal with you and your drama, you know, whether it's a drama king or a drama queen. I've known both, right? Um, so they feel entitled. Um, I actually know somebody who told me that uh, when they ran a conference, somebody felt really super entitled. <laughs> Like, hey, I'm super great, and and I should get all of this for free, even though I, you know, I mean, hello, you know. <laughs> I think it's I think it's good to recognize, you know, folks like I don't think we need to be a an expert in diagnostic criteria, right? You know, the scripture tells us. I'm actually us, reading the criteria. Yeah, yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, but but just you know, getting back to to Proverbs 23. Rather than, um, you know, it just tells us what to do. That's what I like about scripture. Instead of just a big list of don't, don't do this, don't do that. You know, it turns our directions. Instead of avoiding the person we don't want to be, you know, it tells us, you know, about becoming the person we want to be or would like to be. That's right. Are you getting a phone call? I don't know, something. Somebody's bugging us during the show. But anyway, okay. So they're interpersonally exploitive. You know, I don't know how many of you have ever had a friend that way, but I have, unfortunately. Um, and these people are also, they're, they're on the border. Uh, there, there's, other, um, there's other issues with, with this type of personality. They, they, they actually often have a um, comorbid disorder with like a, a dual diagnosis personality with either histrionic personality disorder or borderline personality disorder. And both histrionic and borderline are actually treatable. They actually get a bad rap, I think. But, uh -huh. but the difference between the narcissistic personality disorder the borderline personality disorder and the histrionic is that by and large narcissists never go to therapy. They're above it. In fact, the only, at least the research I read, the only people who are genuine diagnostic narcissists that actually end up in therapy and try to get help are actually those people who maybe are having some type of difficulty. Maybe they have a health issue that's knocked them down a peg or two. Uh, maybe they genuinely want to save their marriage if the, up if the spouse kind of got fed up with them um but you but you won't see these people in therapy a borderline personality actually um some of the criteria of that is basically usually there's been uh, a, a severe abuse that has happened an attachment issue um and they usually are the type that go push and pull in a relationship or they you know they act out physically by, you know, with acts of violence, cutting themselves, trying to attempt suicide, things like that. A narcissist would never do that. <laughs> a narcissist, I think, would never attempt suicide unless something massively tragic happened, like their their looks were destroyed or something, then they might want to die. But um, but you don't really have to worry about that. Also, they're, they're haughty and arrogant and they're conceited and they carry themselves like, you know, and they look down at you. 
with their big nose, you know, they'll, they'll look down at the way they carry themselves is so like, you know, whatever diva like or Devo like. Um, and I'm, and I know, I know men and women, but you know, but anyway, so anyway, as I was reading through this today and getting back to the whole point of Proverbs 23, seven, which we take completely out of context. Um, is it true that as we think in our heart, so are we? I think so. I think there is truth in that. But we got to look at the context, which is actually, this is referring to the king in this context. And there's warnings here um, about about who you're going to be in a relationship with and the consequences of pursuing wealth over actual relationship. And I bring this up because last night <clears throat> I was on a scope, actually here in Periscope. I was watching a couple um, that minister to marriages, right? It's a great couple. I, I love this couple. Um, and anyway, they were talking about how so many marriages lack hope, right? So many marriages struggle. Um, people give up in their marriages and, you know, and sometimes just their relationships in general. Um, and I just thought, wow, you know, today I just want to talk about relationships and sometimes the difficulties that you can have and, you know, offer hope to anybody out there who may be, you know, struggling or needing some encouragement that sometimes people might make you think you're crazy and you're really not. In some cases, you could be dealing with a narcissist. In other situations, you could be like spinning your wheels and going, okay, look, I'm trying to get help for my issue. But I wanted to, you know, share um, you know, a little bit about, you know, our journey, me and Bareface, you know, it's not his real name. Okay. Just so you know, you know, we got married with the understanding that we were both in therapy at the time. <laughs> I basically told Randall, if you're going to marry me, you need to be in therapy. Just so you know, <laughs> fortunately he obliged, uh, and, um, and it was difficult because we brought into our marriage the patterns of our parents or the lack of patterns of our parents. Um, our parents didn't, didn't model for us the perfect godly marriage by any stretch of the imagination. Um, in fact, I wasn't really grown, uh, nurtured in the church. I, I had no healthy role model as far as what a wife was or what marriage was. Um, in fact, my mother was my role model as probably your mom is yours. Um, and my mom treated men poorly. Um, I don't treat bareface bad, I don't think. But in the beginning of our marriage, there was a huge adjustment period. And at one point, and I know I've shared this before, um, we ended up getting uh, separated. And we were separated for eight months. Um, that separation saved our marriage, though. I really believe it. And the reason why is because when we were separated... It gave us a chance to kind of sift through the years of crap that we had play, placed on us. Because you know what? In any relationship that you're in, I don't care if it's a marriage or a single one or if it's just with your friends, you will note that there's patterns that you, you carry through in your relationships. And those patterns... Um, you know, you, you have to recognize them in order, to, in order to break them or to learn from them, right? Because not all patterns are bad, but some are good, right? I mean, Randall was a, um, you know, like when we would argue, Randall's very passive. I'm not. 
and that's not unusual but how how does somebody who's like you know like me which trust me i'm not compared to like i used to be uh, um you know deal with somebody who's like passive and like doesn't want to get in a fight or anything when all i want to do is fight let's fight okay in fact well, now, I've, now I've it's actually to, now it's almost opposite now well, i've learned to you know de-escalate situations <laughs> yeah it's true you're not fight fire with fire as the old situation the old you know situation whatever old axiom goes right but you know, yeah, it did, it did exacerbate things because, uh, you know, the more explosive, the more down, in more downplay, you know, the more, um, you know, the more I would try to de-escalate things and yeah, it didn't, yeah. this was a recipe for frustration. But we're, we're, we're unique though, because we... We wanted our marriage to work. We both, both husband and wife, went into marriage counseling. You're gonna sneeze. Yep. Hopefully, you didn't get any of that on me. Mm. Yeah. I doubt that I did. You didn't feel anything, did you? No, I'm heartless. I don't feel a thing. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, okay. I can't believe it's already four thirty. Okay, That's so let's go. Good. We wanted. I want to tell you a couple of things. Um. Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. You guys know this. We're going to play that video for you again uh, so you guys can see it. I really encourage you to get this DVD set uh, from Ariel. So go ahead and, and um, play that and just to remind you of, you know, about it. A trip to Israel is a journey of a lifetime. Yet not all of us have had the opportunity to see with our own eyes the land God promised to the patriarchs. I would like to invite you to join me as we journey to the modern and ancient land of Israel with Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. The first sight one sees when arriving in Israel today is the Ben Gurion Airport located in the ancient northern Philistine plain. To the west is the modern and bustling metropolis of Tel Aviv, founded in 1909. Israel, like Tel Aviv, is a modern country governed through a republic and parliamentary democracy. Unlike its neighbors, Israel is a safe home of Jews, Christians, Muslims, Druze, Circassians, and Samaritans. Israel is an exporter of agricultural goods, minerals, and now natural gas. Of course, tourism is big business in Israel. The Lord our God said to us in Horev, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arava, in the hill country and in the lowland and in the Negev and in the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them and to their offspring after them. In our journey, we will approach Israel from the perspective of the 12 spies sent out to explore the land ahead of the people of Israel, starting with the plain of Asher, the plain of Sharon, the Philistine plain, the Shvelah, Upper Galilee, Lower Galilee, 
the hill country of Ephraim, Samaria, the hill country of Judah, Judea, Jerusalem, the new city, Jerusalem, the old city, the wilderness of Judah, the Negev, the valley of Ion, the Hula Valley, the Sea of Galilee, Yam Kinneret, the Jordan Valley, the Dead Sea, the Arava proper and the Red Sea, Bashan, the Golan Heights. Okay, so that's the Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum's historical geographical study tour. It's a DVD series, just so you guys know. It's only $29. You can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. It's four hours of footage from Israel uh, on seven different DVDs. And actually, the companion book is also, uh, what is the companion book? The com- companion book is the historical geographical maps of israel so actually i would encourage you to get that too if you're going to get the the dvd set get the map book too because it will actually show you the map and all of that thank you for sharing Stephen. i appreciate it um but yeah you can go over to our website under the resources page you can scroll down and get that i would encourage you too because you know what i mean it's uh, genuine it's historical and biblical and geographical And you're going to learn about, let's see here, uh, Introduction to Israel, the Plain of Asher, the Plain of Sharon, the Philistine Plain. On disc two, you got the Shepela Galilee intro, Upper Galilee and Lower Galilee. Uh, Disc three has the hill country of Ephraim and Samaria, the hill country of Judea. Intro to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the new city. And just four, it's hills and valleys in Jerusalem, walls and gates in Jerusalem, the four quarters in Jerusalem outro. The thing about that is that when you get that, when you understand what you're looking at, then when you're reading the word, it's, it will make more sense. Disc five, the wilderness of Judah, the Negev, the Hula and Lion Valleys. Disc six, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan Valley, the Dead Sea, the Arabah proper and Red Sea. And disc seven, they talk, it, there's a little promo for Ariel Ministries, obviously. And then there's some another ministry that they look at there. But it's four hours of great stuff. So I would encourage you to check it on out. All right. Also, um, uh, Pillars of the Community, you guys can donate there if you want at our website. And, of course, Identity Theft. I really want to tell you something about ID Shield. Here's a story for you. <laughs> I asked for a prayer a couple of days ago uh, because I lost my my father's checkbook. I didn't actually tell the whole world what it was, but now I am. So I lost my dad's checkbook, but it's my joint checkbook with him. Uh, I just had new checks printed up with my name on it and his name. And anyway, to make a long story short, I have no clue where it is. I haven't been able to find it. It's in this big thing. And I asked everybody to pray for it. I'm like, I can't find it. I don't know what happened to it. And yes, it's driving me crazy. But you know what? I'm not worried that anybody has it. Because in the event that somebody did try to find it and cash a check, um, I would be alerted because my dad is protected with ID Shield. And so am I. And that account is actually being monitored with ID Shield. So here's the thing. If you haven't gotten ID Shield yet, then I will I want to encourage you to sign up for identity ID Shield. It's only $9.95 a month. 
and it covers a ton of great stuff. It's not, most people think, well, this is just credit cards. It's not, it's, it's way more than that. It's your credit score, your social security number, your passport, your driver's license, your medical ID cards like Medicare and any healthcare cards that you have, email addresses, loans, bank accounts, and black market uh, website surveillance, and all your social media, and ID Shield Vault, a password manager, okay? It covers all of that stuff. And you have a downloadable app on your phone that you can look at whenever you want, and you can check on things. And we have a $5 million service guarantee. So, you know what? Do yourself a favor and sign up for that because, you know what? Cyber criminals are out in force. And um, actually, yesterday, I, I, I'm getting a call from, from Associate Support right now. I'm declining that call. <laughs> They've called me to let me know I want a trip somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, <laughs> yesterday, I was going to tell you, um, I uh, came across this story. Wait, hold on a minute. I got to find it. Um, I didn't give this to you, Randall, but I wanted to, wanted to um, bring this up. Yeah, remember yesterday we were talking about the mark of the beast, you know, and and, and how the the rise of people trying to chip people with their hand and they're actually doing biometrics more, right? Cuz they it why? Because it's a deterrent against theft, right? Well, <clears throat> there's an article uh over on let's see here yeah. Nope, that's the wrong one. There's so many of them. Like, for example, there was one um, on crypto fraud. How many of you guys have heard of Bitcoin? Yeah, have you guys heard of Bitcoin? <clears throat> Do you know that a Bitcoin guy, like, went ahead and committed fraud and made over a million bucks? He got busted, just so you know. Um, but there was an article over on the Washington Post titled here. Uh, the Washington Post said... Delaware psychotherapist pleads guilty to healthcare fraud. <clears throat> so this is a therapist, right? What did the therapist do? First of all, he was witnessed. He was sentenced two years in prison, uh, but he actually put submitted fraudulent claims to Medicare for counseling sessions. All right, and then he lied about it. So here's the interesting thing: the if you're not monitoring your Medicare stuff, if you're old enough, not all of you are. Melanie's almost old enough, like Randall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Melanie. I just, I had to, I had to pick on you a minute. Anyway, um, <clears throat> then you would never know that there's this type of fraud because you would just not find out. Um, and then there's the Wall Street Journal. Here's the other thing. Uh, there's an article on the Wall Street Journal that said banks have a solution for their identity fraud woes. What is it? The DMV. Why? In this article, it actually talks about how um, <clears throat> they're thinking now that they need to go ahead and have the DMV connected to everything that we do if it requires some type of identity proof. So just like with the elections in Tennessee, you need to show your driver's license to vote. This would be everywhere. Um, but the question is how many people would be willing to do that and would it be super sufficient for them to do that? That would be, that would be the question <clears throat> anyway, but until, you know, everybody goes the chip way or, 
you know, everybody who's trying to monitor everything with, um, uh, you know, biometrics, having ID shield on your phone is a good idea. And I know all of you guys in here for the most part do, but here's the thing. We're coming up to Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and, um, places already, you know, <clears throat> the breaches have happened. You know what I mean? So get ID shield. Plus I'm trying to win a trip to Cabo. I mean, this, this part's selfish. You know, I need to sell some of this stuff. <laughs> before the end of November I, in order to meet my quota. Just so you know. I know I probably shouldn't say that. That's That wouldn't be in Vicky's handbook. Hey, Stacy, don't be talking about what you want. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's a great product and I'm telling you the truth, right? So anyway. <clears throat> and Legal Shield, I also have to tell you with Legal Shield, uh, if you don't have Legal Shield, get it. Get your will done. It's only $24.95 a month. And you know what? You might not think you'll use the service aside from getting your will done, but I'll tell you what, Bareface is using it right now because he got, he's going through some dispute right now on eBay with an eBay seller. You know, why, why don't you tell him about it? Um, cause I'm not prepared to. <clears throat> okay. So there you have it. I love how my husband doesn't like help me out when I need him. <laughs> well, I've got nothing to report at this time. I can tell about the situation. Well, that's what I mean. The situation. Why you're why you're contacting Legal Shield about it? <laughs> well, simply because um, ordered a car part, a mirror for Stacy's car. Yeah, because I broke it. Anyway, the little, little form filter car. You know the the make, model, year, all that. Whatever it says, yes, this fits your vehicle. Came. It doesn't fit the vehicle. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the application. You know the. Um, you know, the cross reference is wrong. It didn't fit. So, uh, they say that they have this return policy up to 60 days, uh, no fine print. You know, if you send it back in original condition, they give you a full refund. They'll send you a prepaid label, you know, to send it back. And, and then, so, okay, I started the return process and it showed, okay, you're ready to print the label. This will cost you $11 and 76 cents. Now, what about the prepaid label that this talks about? So I contacted them and um, and went back and forth. Well, can you send us the VIN, blah, 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 make sure this doesn't fit, take a picture of what we sent. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it says that it should, but it doesn't. It doesn't fit. I just want to return, get my money back. How do we get the prepaid label? And so they opened a case with eBay. And eBay determined, because I did not d- d- return the part you know, return the item in, in the specified amount of time. It's like it was never been 60 days. The the label, when I chose to start the return process, it gave five days to print the label and return. I guess that's the time they talked about. Well, because I didn't ship it back in the allotted time, then you lose. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? You know, so contact the seller again. I see you open a case and this is a determination. I just want to send you your stuff back and get my money back. You can sell it again. You know, it's unused, same condition. And anyway, and, and no response. So I opened a case with eBay, who in turn opened a case with PayPal. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's going. And so it's finally, you know, forget it. <laughs> just, yeah, well. Just going to get the attorney involved. And, you know, because I'm, I don't have time for this. Right. And and they get paid a you know monthly subscription amount a small one, 
you know, to take care of stuff like this. So. And they will. And I guarantee you'll get you'll get your money. I guarantee. Yeah. I guarantee. And it's just sad because you know. And I want them to get their part back too. Right. Because I can't use it. They can sell it. It'll be good for somebody. Yeah, that's kind of the bummer part. You know, is is that I, I broke my mirror by accident. And hi, Sandy and Joe. You guys come in yet? There you go. So we're running out of time. We're gonna give some, these people some hope. Well, no, I, well, well. <laughs> I mean, there's there's hope and. Let's see. Well, well, there's hope. Okay, so share your hope. We were talking about marriage, but then we had to like share our, our stuff. But, uh-huh. but here's the thing: if you need uh, to feel more secure, and you really should, in my opinion, <laughs> sign up for ID Shield today. Okay, just go to bitly forward slash protect me all caps. It's super easy. And um, you can protect your whole family. If you have, like, if you're married or even if you're um, a part, domestic partner, for twenty four ninety five, you can collect your whole family, protect your whole family, not collect it. If you have eight children under 18, update, update kids, okay? So uh, it's definitely worth it, especially with the incidences of identity theft with kids. Over a million kids last year had their identities stolen. You're like, well, why would somebody want their identity? Because they're kids and they're not going to open up a credit thing until, you know, um, they're they're like a teenager. I'm blocking that person. Anyway, so I really care. And I, and I cannot tell you honestly the number of times I've been alerted to, um, <laughs> to situations with my finances and stuff because since I've had ID Shield. I love it. I am a hardcore advocate for it. And yes, I make a little bit of money if you sign up with me. But honestly, I won't be without it now. Even if I didn't sell this stuff, I would advocate for it, even if I didn't sell it. But anyway. All right. So back to the marriage and offering hope. That's what was the thing. Okay. Gina's picking on me. So we went through a separation and we got through it. And that was 23 years ago, right? Almost 24 years ago. You guys have any questions, comments, concerns? Yeah. I know you think I just pulled these topics out of the hat, but <laughs> it's not so, true. By the way, I want to let everybody know Carl uh, Tykrib is doing better. He he's had surgery, doing fine. Yeah, I was hoping that you were going to get back to Psalm or Proverbs 23. I okay, think that I was done actually done. It. Well, you can finish it if you'd like. I'm not done. I mean, I'm pretty much done because it changes the topic after that verse. Well, well, there's a hope in there. You know, the idea was hope. Right. You know, don't 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 pursue wealth, especially yeah. with narcissistic people who are trying to get you to join their team or whatever yeah and what drives me crazy and i'm just gonna vent just for a minute because i can't it's been more than a minute, okay but, but here's the thing okay what drives me nuts is all these people who are always talking about how great you are and and you know blah blah and you can do this and you watch all these inspirational quotes but and, and some of these people are believers about, where is, oh, about the greatness yeah, within you where and... is jesus at okay yeah. Look, I'm so sick and tired of Christians elevating themselves above the Lord. It drives me crazy. I don't like it. It irritates me because Jesus is, he is so worthy of our praise and our honor and our adoration and glory. And we need to knock it off as his image bearers. It's not our job 
to glorify ourselves or lift ourselves up and to go, look at me, look at me, I'm going to achieve blah, 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 blah. No, if it wasn't, but by God's grace, you can't do anything without God. And I'm not saying walk around as a martyr, but what I am saying is instead of lifting yourself up, lift him up. Because the Bible says if he's lifted up, he will draw all men unto him, not you, just so you know. It's not about us getting a following. Where in the Bible is the, did the disciples go around going, hey, become a part of my clan, you know, super great. I mean, Apollos and those guys, they, you know, they dealt with that in the early church because yeah. some were saying, hey, I was baptized by Paul. Others were saying I was baptized by Apollos. And that they got a rebuke from Paul in right. Corinthians because that's not what church is about or being a christian is about it's not association with other folks it's it's being identified with christ yeah yeah and you know where it says not to pursue wealth it'll flee from you uh it's true the 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 author of proverbs probably solomon recognizes that there's a temptation there and in verse 17 in proverbs 23 do not let your heart envy sinners but live in the fear of the lord always not part-time, you know, well, you know, today uh, I will fear the Lord. I have a reverence. I have a health respect for God and the life and breath that he gives me that he could take away any moment. But other days I'm going to want what what all the other, you know, what the celebrities have and their, you know, their streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes and <laughs> I want all that. And verse 18, surely... There is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. That says to me that for them, there's not a future. They're living their best life now. Yeah, they are. And and there isn't a future, because when it's he who dies with the most toys... Wins nothing. Dies. Right. <laughs> dies, yeah, without anything at all. You can't take it with me. We came in, Paul says, I came into this world naked, and you know, naked I'll go. Um, didn't come with anything. I'm not taking anything out of it. And and so for you, though, if your hope is in the Messiah, in Christ, for you there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Their hope lasts as long as the toys last, as long as the fame lasts, as long as the party friends are there. Right. You know, as long as, you know, the external things are there, the trappings of... Well, your hope hope can't be in a dream. Um, And and that's what I see a lot in these motivational circles is people are like, well, just do this, do that, dream it, you know, all this stuff. (laughs) How many preachers would be left if you were not allowed to preach only that? You know, Joe, it's interesting because I think there is a remnant of actual biblical teaching out there. You just don't see it actually in the media. I get email all the time from people saying, hey, thanks for the show because, I, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly the point. People aren't, you know, if if you're going to promote hope in a dream, then Jesus better be attached to it. Hmm. Right? Because it's not coming in the wealth and the adulation that you're going to get from a crowd. Jesus needs to be in that dream. Jesus needs to be lifted up. Jesus is the answer. And at the end, audience, you know, you're going to bow before him and give an account for everything that you do. So if you're not exalting him above yourself, then you're, you know. And it's a a warning to all of us. I'm not just, you know, thinking of anybody. I'm 
It's just yeah. it's just a check. Before we run out of time, I want to just look at one other scripture if I can. No. It deals with hope. No. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, Peter's first. You, you can do it. I don't care. <laughs> Peter's first epistle. You know, he's writing to right? exile of the dispersion, refugees, if you will. Yeah. Because of widespread persecution, people are forced out of their homes. Some left voluntarily. Some were actually forced out. Um. Because of their beliefs, so pill, you know, exiles of, of the dispersion he's writing to. And he tells them in verse 3, chapter 1, First Peter chapter 1, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be mm -hmm. found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yes. And it's good to keep things in perspective. You know, I think of Paul who talked about, you know, our momentary affliction. <laughs> shipwrecked you know 39 lashes etc several times all that or light affliction you know momentary trials anyway That's back right. to you okay so here's here's my challenge to you and actually this came up um this came up for me a couple of days ago how many of you guys know who lauren daigle is you probably do She's a she's a Christian artist, right? She has a brand new song. It's called You Say. And she also has a number of other Christian hits out there. But something I've noticed about her song, You Say. Look at that. I totally messed my hair up. <laughs> That's funny. I'm scratching my hair. How's my hair look now, everybody? I need to get my hair cut. Anyway, whatever. Bygones. Okay, anyway, so Lauren, Lauren's um, song, You Say, is a hit. And you know what's interesting about that song is she never says Jesus in it. She never says Christ in it. She doesn't even say God in it. And that song is so egocentric. It's not even funny, right? And I'm just bringing this up because I share this, not because I don't like the song. I've actually been playing it a lot. But it's not Christian music that uplifts Jesus. It's actually Christian music that uplifts the Christian. And there's a big, huge difference. When somebody is constantly talking about, you say that I'm this, when you say that I'm that, it's like, why not say Jesus says? Why not sing that, right? You know what I mean? Or why not say Yeshua or, or any of his other gazillions of names in the Bible that he goes by? You say, well, who's you? you? And you are instead of I am. Right. And... And that's the other thing. I just got to say that, too. There's this whole I am movement, which is which is also irritating to me because Jesus did not tell us, and the Old Testament does not tell us to walk around going, I am 
fill in the blank. And, and when we're saying that, we're actually taking God's name and, and making us almost like a little God. That theology and doctrine drives me crazy because it's like, again, it's so narcissistic in its, in its base. And Christians are, are not supposed to be about us. We're supposed to be crucified with Christ, nailed to the cross. We're dead. We're hidden in Christ, which means what? If we're hidden in Christ, that means you can't be seen, just so you know, because you're hidden. As believers, Christ is supposed to be who is, who is the person that people think of when they see us. Now, you know, a lot of people, the self-righteous Pharisee types and narcissistic types will say, well, you're just being a, you know, a hypocrite. You're this blah, 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 etc." Anyway. Yeah, Mama Jean, I know the subject of a sentence is understood, but would it be actually understood to a non-believer who doesn't know what she's talking about to the Christian world that's so self-absorbed? Of course, we, we know that, but on its face... It's really not glorifying God, actually. It, it could be a spouse that she's talking I about. I know. Or... Just like when Amy Grant, um, years ago, and I love Amy, and she took so much flack when she crossed over. Um, you know, when she sang the song Baby, Baby, she, I mean, <laughs> back 30 years ago or so when that took place, the, she got so much flack. She was singing about her actual kid, right? But the world looked at it, and they were like, hey, she's talking about, like, a boyfriend or whoever, you know. So again, it, it it's all it's all in the context. Going back to even Proverbs twenty three seven, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's half the verse, and taken out of context, it doesn't mean what the actual context says. It's not even talking about you. It's talking about the king, and you know, and all that. So anyway, <laughs> sorry. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> Do you feel better now that you've listened? Have you gotten anything out of this show? I just need some affirmation right now. See, why don't we just admit, admit it when we need that, right? Just, you know. Or do you guys want to talk? Do you, we have one more minute left. Our time will be up after that, but that was supposed to be funny. Um, Probably not, because I actually don't listen to a lot of Christian music, to be honest. Melanie's asking if I heard a different song called Only Jesus. I like listening to the Keith Green's music. Hmm. All right, looks like our time is up. But we'll give you one more second. Have you heard? Okay, that's that's a bot. See you later, bot. <laughs> uh, hail Nick. Yeah, that's, there you go. Interesting. Sadly, that's how the record companies and producers want it. Lots of things and verses can be taken out of context. I know, right? That's why context is king when you study the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just trying to encourage you and kind of vent at the same time. <laughs> just because. Exhort. Yeah, I guess. It's just, I don't know. Look, okay, here's what I know. I will say this. I'm a middle-aged woman, okay? We, we already know that. You can tell. I need a haircut for sure. But I talk to a lot of um, younger women. And it's kind of neat how the Lord has given me a, a group of younger women to mentor. And what I hear from the, these younger women in particular is that they want deeper things from God. They want to understand the Bible, but they don't get it 
because people are too afraid to, to talk about it and or the, the so-called Bible teachers out there like Joyce Meyer, they're not even teaching the Bible, right? Joyce Meyer teaches a prosperity gospel that's nothing but pablum and self-improvement, right? Now, don't get pissed off at me for saying that, but it's true. And, but she's one of the most popular Bible teachers out there. It's, 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 I'm not saying she's evil. I'm not even saying she isn't a Christian. But what I am saying is that if you want deep theological, good, sound, biblical teaching, Joyce Meyer ain't the person to get it from. Okay? I'm just saying that. If you want a woman Bible teacher, go to Kay Arthur and, and watch her. And I can give you some other people who are way more biblical and they get in context. Joyce Meyer ain't it, just so you know. Um, <clears throat> anyway. I could go on, but I won't because our time's up. But thanks for the hearts, and thank you for saying hi, uh, Marlene. I appreciate it. All right, so tomorrow, um, do I have an interview tomorrow? Wait, hold on. Let me look. I'll tell you if I do. I think we're going to play a clip from tomorrow from from the, net, from the um, yeah, I don't have an interview until next week. Plus but, no prophecy form. Yeah. We, we actually... Um, have like 14 more interviews from that conference. <laughs> uh, we've played nine of them, I think, already. So, or something like that. Um, so, we still have a lot of a lot of great guests coming up on that. So, um, so we'll play something from that tomorrow. Ah, and be any moment now that the doorbell may, like the dog may bark because it just says something was delivered to our front door. You know yeah, what it was? was? I saw it. Did you really? Oh, uh. gosh, it's so dark out. Uh-uh. And I bought my dad a Korean veteran hat because he's a Korean vet. And all the other guys that where he lives, they all have their hats. And my dad didn't have one, so I bought him one. So he could be part of the, the group now with a veteran hat and wear it. And then when he gets his hat, I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of all of him and his friends. There's Pastor Amos and there's Ben and there's Terry. They all have their hats. And George. I think George doesn't wear a hat. But anyway, these guys are all over 90. So it's kind of cool. But anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's it. I hope you have a good rest of your day. (laughs) Be bold. Stand up and go with God uh, because he loves you. And, uh, you know, be careful who you associate with because you just never know who they really are. I mean, if they're talking about themselves all the time, glorifying themselves all the time, and they're a Christian, then I would question their faith. Just saying. And that's it. I'm done.